That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. They passed the security trolls, gave the fat lady the password, Flipperty Gibbet, and scrambled through the portrait hole into the common room. Hermione was sitting at a table, fast asleep, her head resting on an open arithmetic book. They went to sit down either side of her. Harry prodded her awake. What? said Hermione, waking with a start and staring wildly around. Is it time to go? Which, which lesson have we got now? Divination, but it's not for another 20 minutes, said Harry. Hermione, why didn't you come to Charms? What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss how the story and its themes have stayed with the generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about today. Chapter 15, The Quidditch Final. Part 1. I don't have a name for this part of the chapter, but it is everything that happens in the chapter, the Quidditch final, that is not the Quidditch final. In this section, Ron and Hermione make up. It's awesome. Hermione slaps Malfoy across the face. It's awesome. They lose Hermione. She's in the common room. She's not okay. That's not great. They go to Transfiguration and she quits and it's awesome. This is a Hermione chapter. We stand Hermione in this chapter. Welcome to the restricted section. It's me, your divination teacher, Christina. And in your future, I see a very excellent podcast episode. Oh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's definitely going to be a podcast episode. (laughs) Good enough. Can (laughs) confirm. Grace, there you are. What's cooking, good looking? Oh, hey there. Um, I'm good. How are you? Do you like how I asked how you're doing without saying how you're doing? Yeah, I liked it. It was really good. (laughs) Haley, what's up, Buttercup? Uh, I'm here. I am here. (laughs) Good. That's great. I'm really glad. Yeah. And y'all may remember our lovely guest today, Danny. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. Yeah, I'm kind of famous now, you know, just saying. <laughs> no, big. no big deal. I know. Third time's the charm. We're really going to get this episode right, okay? Oh, my God. I'm ready. No pressure. All the pressure. My body is ready. <laughs> So at the top of the show, before we even get started, we want to wish all of our listeners a very happy Trans Day of Visibility. We're really excited to talk about that a little bit before we get into the chapter. So special thanks to Danny for like literally reminding me that this existed. I don't know if anyone clocked that I like didn't even acknowledge Christmas on the podcast because I my brain has hard time with time and stuff. (laughs) Um, So I'm really glad that we were able to make this happen. And just in case y'all are wondering, um, Danny was on our bonus episode between seasons one and two called JK Rowling is Cancelled, which is about obvious subject matter. And also on Chamber of Secrets, season two, episode chapter seven, Mudbloods and Murmurs. So if you are like, why do I recognize that voice? That's why. Go re-listen. <laughs> to hear more of those dulcet tones. Any opportunity to use dulcet tones. We're going to take it every time. <laughs> 
I'm great. Just listen to me. (laughs) (laughs) Get that on a t-shirt. Oh my God, please. (laughs) Bestseller. (laughs) So the irony is that on this trans day of visibility, um, no one can... (laughs) No one can see you because it's an audio format. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> That's okay. They'll just have to, you know, you guys will have to vouch that I'm beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Can confirm. Picture him in your mind. Send us your best Danny fan art. What oh do you think God. Danny looks like? Jon Snow vibes. Like, yes. like Italian Jon Snow vibes. Oh, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I just Jon Snow who runs the mob. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a sword in one hand and a slice of pizza in the other. That's who I That's am. That's the Jon Snow we all deserved, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Yeah, he takes everything a little too seriously, right. you know. Just eat some pizza, bro. Yeah, yeah. That, that boy needs some pizza. He's a grumpy boy. Uh, I get that. <laughs> so, you know, obviously trans visibility is really important in the Harry Potter fandom um, for obvious reasons. You know, if you're not familiar with those reasons, again, go listen to that episode. JK Rowling is canceled. But, um, you know... We're in a bit of a complicated position. Um, as a Harry Potter podcast, obviously we're promoting the art, the work of Harry Potter, the wizarding world, and, you know, whether or not we want to, it's author J.K. Roldemort. And so, you know, we don't want to not do this podcast. We don't want to not be able to, to engage with these books that we have loved for so long. That's. That's the summary of the J.K. Rowling is canceled episode. So I think that instead, you know, what we should be doing is everything that we can to negate that. Almost like companies trying to be carbon neutral by planting trees, right? It's like, yes, (laughs) we're doing what we can. So I'm really excited to announce that we're going to be donating our April Patreon proceeds to the Harry Potter Alliance, which is a nonprofit organization that I discovered recently. Um, I'm going to read you their little description because it's adorable. Um, the Harry Potter Alliance turns fans into heroes. We use the power of story and popular culture to make activism accessible and sustainable. Through experimental training and real-life campaigns, we develop compassionate, skillful leaders who learn to approach our world's problems with joy, creativity, and commitment commitment to equity. They handle a lot of different social justice issues like um, queer equality, gender equity, youth youth advocacy, racial justice, education, media reform. Um, They they take on a lot, and it's really cool. They have chapters all over. Um, They have an Accio Books campaign every year. They have a Granger Leadership Academy. Like, I love them. And they also have downloadable activism kits for, like, other fandoms. So if you want to start something small and fun, um, they have activism kits for Avatar The Last Airbender, Pokemon. Marvel, Star Wars, like it's a cool, it's a really cool organization, and I can't believe I didn't discover it until I started Googling shit for this episode. So oh my God, I'm in. I love it. Yeah, that right? sounds amazing. Thank you for you know letting us know. I've never heard of them, and um, you guys may have noticed, but I'm into that nerdy shit. So you know, <laughs> <laughs> as are we all into that nerdy shit? Oh, I had no idea. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so we are just um, really excited um, to learn more about them. I'm going to do some deep dive in and see um, how we might be able to connect with them. So I also am in the show notes just for funsies. I'm going to include some links to some trans Harry Potter fan fiction um, just for fun. Um, there's some really good stuff out there that I've been, oh, yeah, like researching. Like, it's a job. <laughs> 
And honestly, what is a more gratifying fuck you um, to a turf than gleefully appropriating her creative work to do everything she doesn't believe in with it, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is ours now. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. like the potato head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have taken okay. it for our own. <laughs> The potato head, th- the potato head thing is so stupid, and I I also wanted to talk about the um the Hogwarts Legacy video game that recently came out with its oh with its trans option in aggressive air quotes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of like I think like generally well intentioned cis people who just are like they want a potato. <laughs> <laughs> Potato. I think that's a very good way to put it. There are some very great, you know, well-intentioned cis people out there, and they try to do things, and it's like, oh, buddy, you tried, but, like, stop. <laughs> like, I, he, like uh, okay, all right, well, I guess this counts as support. Yeah. Thanks, question mark. You can live a long time on just potatoes. <laughs> it's true. As we learned from the Martian. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, so the Hogwarts Legacy trans option that I introduced is, like, you can look like a girl and sound like a boy, or you can look like a boy and sound like a girl. Isn't that crazy? Wow, that language is so great. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> inclusive, all right. Love it. Love everything about it. It's kind of one of those things where it's, like, if the platform you're you're developing, like... <laughs> doesn't have the room to like actually deal with these issues just don't 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 do that just don't, don't do it just yeah don't just do don't it. do it you are not equipped it feels performative at that point it yeah. feels extremely performative so i look forward to the harry potter game of the future that has one of those really involved elaborate character design systems that all of my like delightful first person shooters do where you can like change every single like curve of your face and like every single patch of skin and like and like everything's on like a gradient bar you know so that's that's what we want for gender is a gradient bar <laughs> yes oh you mean like how it works in real life like how it works <laughs> a, in fact a series of gradient bars <laughs> so okay cool so great that's that um Happy Trans Day Visibility. We love all of our trans and NB guests and fans. We see you and we love you. Okay, great. Yeah. On to the book. <laughs> On to <Yes>. the book. <laughs> so this chapter, like all our other chapters recently, starts with the last chapter um, where Hermione told them that Hagrid lost his like hearing and, like, Buckbeak is going to be executed. So the trio's fight is immediately forgotten. Awesome. You love to see it. Um, and Ron is like, I'm going to do better this time. Like, I understand that I was shitty and I'm going to do better. And, like, damn it, Book Ron, I love you so <laughs> much. So such good. A good boy. He He's a, a very boy. good boy. And this overwhelms Hermione so much that she, like, flings her arms around him, sobbing. Aww. It's beautiful. It's very beautiful, and they so infrequently let Hermione in the films be, like, this kind of emotional, but she is. Yeah. And it's, like, a lovely, beautiful part of her, and Ron looks, quote, terrified. Sounds about right. 
Yeah, patted her very awkwardly on the top of the head. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> There's a great illustration of this moment in the Bloomsbury Illustrated Edition that I will certainly be posting on Instagram because you can you can feel the awkwardness from the page. It's awkward. <laughs> I just love Ron and Hermione so much. I love the moments of vulnerability with them throughout this series, and we just don't get enough, in my opinion. But that's what makes these moments all the more adorable. Oh, Ron, yeah, yeah. little dummy, I love it. <laughs> they're so sweet yeah and it's these small details that build what eventually becomes their romantic relationship and i think that's why a lot of people don't quite buy it because you know we don't get to see this in the movies listen i fell for it hook line and sinker like i am so ron and hermione i love it <laughs> yeah me too. Honestly, like reading that scene i was like i wonder if that's like low-key the moment ron fell in love like hermione admitted she was wrong and apologized about something he's like that's all i wanted (laughs) yeah that's literally all he wanted and then he immediately does like a complete 360 like no i'm taking over dealing with this buck thing i'm going to study of my own volition like that's ron's love language (laughs) yeah and I wonder, you know, Ron has a very fiery temper, and I wonder if he even realizes that maybe if he had been the one to show Hermione even just, like, an ounce of forgiveness, if maybe that would have given her the space to, you know, mm-hmm. to do the same. Oh. So, um, but this won't be the last time they fight, so I've got nope. that to look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you described Ron as, you know, having this fiery temper because he's that little redhead, you know? It's in him. <laughs> it's true. Love it. So Hermione does finally apologize for Scabbers. She's like sobbing. And so like the the script flip wait. The script flips. Usually say flip the script. Usually mm-hmm. don't say the fl- <laughs> the script flips. That one's really hard. Whoa. Yeah, no. The English like the English language does not like those two words together. <laughs> no, that's tough. Um, we flipped the script, um, and then now Ron is like, don't even worry about Scabbers, he was old and I hated him, maybe I can get an owl now. <laughs> I mean, we all knew that that, he might have been sad about the loss, but he also- It was the principle of the thing, okay? It was the principle of the thing. It was the principle of the thing, yeah. yeah. So they go on to care of magical creatures, I don't remember if this is the same day or part of like a montage, just because I didn't indicate that in my notes. I think it's like I, a new day. Yeah, I think it's, it's been a like day. a. Cu- I think it's been like a couple of days, possibly. Okay. Yeah. So they go to care of magical creatures. Hagrid is numb with shock at the news about Buckbeak. Oh yeah, because there's that bit where they're like, "Oh, we can't even visit him yeah. until class." Okay. Because security. <laughs> security. The trio's trying to like pump Hagrid up for the appeal. They're like, "Focus on this, you know." Spend your energy on this, but Hagrid is pretty defeated. He says Lucius Malfoy, the the hearing committee is in Lucius Malfoy's pocket. And so he probably has some evidence that, like, they weren't there to experience, you know. (laughs) They still have faith in the law and the government. Weird. Bless their little hearts, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That'll get get fixed uh, in due course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just you wait. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, Hagrid's bummed. He's, like, walking the class back up to the castle because students aren't allowed to be, like, just milling about. And um, he kind of loses his shit, and he's, like, he starts crying, and he, like, runs back to his hut, which, personally, like, I don't, I I can never, I can't imagine a time in my life where someone would have, like, run away crying in grief, and, like, I would have felt anything but, like, empathy. Like, I don't care if you, like, hate that guy, like, (sighs) He's, like, hurting so badly right now. 
I'm the type of person that, like, if someone is crying in front of me, I will probably start crying. Like, Aww. that's the kind of person that I am, so I would not be okay. That is adorable. Wait, I've seen that happen. <laughs> yes, I've probably done that in front of you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I mean, I feel really bad for Hagrid, because Hagrid, Hagrid should have taken a mental health week off of teaching. Yes, he should. Yes. But he didn't. So, so as he's running, okay, are you guys ready? I'm so ready. <laughs> oh, man. As he's running, Malfoy has some shit to say. He's like, look at him blubber, that stupid ugly O for like whatever he says. And then Ron and Harry are like, I'm going to fight. We've seen this a thousand times before. Ron and Harry turn to Malfoy, ready to say some other dumb shit. But <laughs> Hermione fucking smacks him yes <laughs> yes queen oh uh, i we love, love it i love the phrasing here like harry and ron both made furious moves toward malfoy but hermione got there first smack <laughs> it's so good because i just love it is excellent writing that the universe manifested for us mm -hmm. um because it's like oh hermione got there first like whatever could she be doing <laughs> Well, Crab. let me tell you what she was doing, dear reader. <laughs> Crab and Goyle stood flabbergasted as Hermione raised her hand again. Yeah, she was gonna. She was going back for seconds. Double oh. tap, double tap, <laughs> double tap. Yeah. So, um, I think Danny, you said a couple minutes ago that like Hermione, or maybe great, I don't remember who said it. Sorry. Um, that like the Hermione's apology was like the moment that Ron started to fall in love with her. But like for me personally, I think this is that moment. Oh. I, I think it's like collectively. <laughs> I, so I think it's collectively this whole day because like Hermione is having a day. We will get into it, but like there's there's some. <laughs> this shit is her going worst on. day ever. <laughs> You're right. But it's also kind of the best. <laughs> In a way, yeah. It's the day she snaps. She yeah, found I love it. her magic today. She found it. Yes. Love it. Yeah. Oh my god. So I love it. I respect it. There's nothing more satisfying than smacking someone who so deeply deserves it. You know, like I haven't done it a lot in my life, but like for example, once I got cheated on, right? Mm -hmm. Just fair and square, oh, I got yeah. cheated on. And I slapped the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah. I slapped him so hard I gave him a black eye. Ooh, so you punched him, I would say. Is that I a punch? don't. I really don't think I did. I think I just slapped. <laughs> An open hand and slap resulted in a black eye. Damn! You're just a bad bitch. Yes. <laughs> I think it was a series of slaps. Oh. Like throughout, like a throughout, like a like a fight. Okay. Wow. <laughs> like for every wrong answer you give me, I'm gonna slap you. <laughs> That's fair and square. I got cheated on. Like that's fair and square. One hundred percent. What is it? What is it that Brooke says? Sometimes everyone gets cut in a knife fight. That's accurate. That's cute. I like that, that sounds like a Mikeism. <laughs> yeah. So who here has actually slapped someone in the face? That's the question. Christina, obviously. I've punched someone. Okay. okay. Does anyone have a story to share? I do, if you guys, you know, um, so yeah, my story, it. it's not as, uh, not as, well, I guess it is kind of exciting. So I was an RD for a while. That was my first job out of college was I was the resident director at a college. And, uh, um, Oh, my brain was like, what does RD stand for? Uh, and I, I was like, I hope it becomes clear. <laughs> yes. No worries. Um, so a couple of people knocked on my door and they were like, Hey, you know, so-and-so, 
is really, really drunk. Like we think you should check him out. So I go to so-and-so's room and he's, you know, laying in bed, not responding to me at all. And I panic because just nothing. I didn't know if this kid was alive and I smacked him out of sheer panic Oh, and yeah. as soon okay. as he opened his eyes, I shit you not, the first thing he said was, please don't tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> That's cute. I, I, I have probably slapped some drunken comrades. Yeah. That's fair. That sounds right. That sounds right. Yeah. Haley, oh, yeah. you punch someone? Yeah, I punch someone in the no. eye at a bar mitzvah. <laughs> Why does that sound like a fallout boy song? <laughs> Is that not a Fall Out Boy song? <laughs> they were there at that bar mitzvah. <laughs> yeah, like it was It was a friend of my, it was like my mom's friend's son. It was his bar mitzvah. And there was like, it wasn't a moon bounce, but same basic idea. And there were like two kind of, uh, I guess like foam things in the thing. And like you had, there were giant ear cleaners. And the idea was like, you stand on the things and you try to knock each other off the things with the ear cleaners and you land, mm-hmm. land on the moon bounce thing. American Ninja Warrior yeah, right. shit. Oh, yeah. So yeah. no one was really doing this anymore. There was this eight year old girl at this bar mitzvah who at one point had walked up to me apropos of nothing, looked me straight in my eyes and said, I don't like you. And then walked away. <laughs> She I love is- little kids shit. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm like 13. And so this little Whoa. girl is sitting on this thing, holding one of the giant ear cleaners, repeatedly bonking me over the head while I am in a tussle with a boy about my age. And it just turns into a whole thing. I end up on top of said boy and I just blank and the next thing i know i have punched him in the eye he is crying like a bitch and everyone is yelling and then i went <laughs> and then i went and cried in the bathroom because i had succumbed uh-huh. to my my and my baser instincts <laughs> i was in a tussle oh my god it was a tussle it was i mean there was nothing i, I we'd probably been talking some shit at each other and then it just turned into a tussle was your mom there? Yeah, of course my mom was there. Did she get summoned? What did she have to say? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but like, she, I was so distressed about it that she was like, okay, well, I can't, like, if I do something about it, it's gonna scar you for life, so. <laughs> I feel like if you were my kid and I heard you hit someone, I'd be like, wow, Haley, let's go get ice cream. Look at you. I love that. Grace, have you punched or slapped somebody? Um, I did punch someone in, like, kindergarten, so I don't know if that really counts, but... It counts. Violence is violence here. Yeah. On what grounds? <laughs> well, um, I have a twin brother, uh... I knew it was Will some sibling shit. You have too many siblings to have never hit or slapped exactly, anybody before. Exactly, exactly. Um, well, we were, like, in the same class, because it was, you know, kindergarten, so they hadn't split us up yet, which was a good call when they did. Um, and <laughs> so somebody was picking on him, or they taken something from him and so I punched them and I got in trouble and so I got sent to the principal's office and then I thought I was going to be in I have really I thought I was in like big trouble and then my mom came and picked me up she's like good for you girl and I was like oh yes mom yes we love it I assumed you were gonna say that you punched him but No, no I was protecting him oh so you've never hit one of your siblings no. Grace is so nice, y'all. No. Like, I just can't even... I've hit... I, I mean, my brothers and I have fought, so, like, I don't even yeah, have any no, specific memories. Yeah, we haven't really, like, like full-on fought like that. Probably not. No. Most of the fights I've had with my brothers, I remember, like, 
the special ones. Like, I remember that one time, you know, when you're little, you just do shit, and then you're like, wow, that could have ruined his life. I remember one time my, <laughs> my brother had a loft bed with a slide on it. That's how you got down was the slide. <laughs> one time, I think he was, like, sitting on the edge, though, because I remember, I remember one time that he made me mad and I kicked I just kicked him without even looking kicked him in the balls kicked him down the slide <laughs> I just before you even said it I imagined you just like fucking donkey kicking a child down a slide <laughs> he's had probably like 20 concussions in his life and only like three or four of them were me you know what I mean yeah I think Bye. that shows remarkable restraint on your part <laughs> it's a great ratio <laughs> So, do we think this was um, an open hand palm slap, a classic slap, not like a backhand? Oh no, this like Hermione. Hermione's a traditionalist. She would have gone for the open hand <laughs> slap. I think so too. I think so too. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Do we think that there was weight behind it? Do you think it truly hurt Malfoy? Or do you think we, do we think it just hurt his dignity? Well, the exact phrasing is she had slapped Malfoy across the face with all the strength she could muster. Malfoy staggered. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say there was some weight behind it. Plus, like this isn't just rage. This is like overworked, underslept thirteen-year-old girl rage, which is, I think, a special kind of wrath. Yeah, that's scary and she's like shit. taking all. Yeah, and she's taking all of it out on a little boy who's mean to her. So like, she, a little boy who's deserved this for two and a yeah, half straight yeah. years. So like, uh, yeah, I, I think that I think that uh, Malfoy is lucky to be alive. And. You know that to some degree, Hermione is like, I have never stepped a toe out of line. All these teachers know I'm taking all these classes. They've all been worried about me. I can tell. I'm going to get away with this. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. I also, I also like to think that there was like, you know, a running start. Because um, she just simply <laughs> had to get past everyone. Oh, oh yeah, God. so she was kind of like, like the elbows, throwing bows. Like, yeah, and so like if she was really. It's kind of like when you're bowling. I took a bowling class in college. No big. It's like the whole time you walk up to the bowling lane, your the rest of your body needs to be getting a position. You know. <laughs> she's got a like Haley was saying. She's got a lot of built up feelings. So. I hope it just all exploded in that smack on Malfoy's face. Ah, that fucking beautiful. <laughs> yeah. So Ron, possibly with his first boner ever, is <laughs> yes. is half half heartedly trying to like hold her back, kind of like she grabs her wrist and is like, "You're so tiny. Why was that snap smack so loud?" <laughs> I'm gonna hold you back, but really, I just like touching you. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, been there. I'm going to hold you back, but really, I want to see how this plays out. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hold you back with my fingers not even fully touching each other because I want you to break free of my grasp. But I want I want um, plausible deniability if a teacher approaches. <laughs> so next, Hermione pulls out her wand, which this moment reminds me vividly of the McGonagall-Snape fight when McGonagall pulls out her wand and the students back the fuck up. Yes. Everyone is like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like whoa, whoa, calm whoa, down, whoa, calm down, whoa, calm down, whoa, whoa, whoa! It's basically it's it's like a gun. Yeah. Like you, if Malfoy, Harry, and Ron are fighting, they know exactly the same spells as each other. They know exactly what to expect, but you have no fucking idea what Hermione can do. Hermione yeah. rolled in with big dick energy. Yes, 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 yes she did. <laughs> It 
really is so satisfying to see a woman absolutely go ham on someone who's fully deserving when she's put up with so much for so long. You love to see it. Yeah, so Malfoy's like, oh, let's fucking go. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fight a girl. I don't care. (laughs) Like, he knows there's no, the wands are out. Like, there's nothing he can do. Yeah, he he knows he's not going to win that fight. And, like, he can't hit a girl. I, You know, obviously that's like a old-timey thing. You don't hit a girl. You just don't hit anyone. That's what we do. But like in their world, I think it's very, you don't hit a girl. And particularly Hermione, who in this conflict has never been an instigator with like Malfoy directly. Like his beef is just with Ron and Harry. So, yeah. So they kind of don't talk about it again. They're like, whoa, uh, let's go to Charms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what What do What do we do next? Like, our schedule, I guess. Oh, <laughs> did, that, did that really happen, guys? Like, like everything, everything just changed. But I mean, I guess we still have class. So. <laughs> Here's what I imagine, because I feel like I've been in this before. Like, well, Hermione, I think, like, stomps off. As soon as whoever is like, let's go, go to Charms. I think it's like Ron or whatever. Hermione stomps off with Harry and Ron trailing behind, just making like <laughs> making confused dramatic eyes at each well, other. There's, like, just a, like, what? there's kind of a play-by-play of this, like on the next page, like Hermione, like Ron's just staring at her, and he's just like Hermione, and like <laughs> he sounds both stunned and impressed. It says, and her- yeah. and Hermione completely ignores him, and she just says to Harry, like, "You'd better beat him in the Quidditch final because I cannot fucking stand it of Slytherin," <laughs> and then. St- Storms off and like, okay, and, thank you. and then Ron's like, I, we we have to go to charms. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, thank you for always having the book ready because I don't. Um, <laughs> Hermione's like, we've overcome our greatest friendship hurdle, and it's like, I am now going to seal the deal. We're friends forever. <laughs> yeah, you respect me as like a participating human adult. Honestly, now. I think the fact that their fight, like, I was thinking about this while I was reading this, like, I think the fact that their fight has ended is what's giving Hermione some permission to like do all the shit that she does in this chapter, especially this day, because yeah. like. She's been, like, for a while, while they were fighting, she was, like, holding it together because she had no option other than to hold it together because she didn't have her friends behind her. But, like, man, the thing with friendship is that sometimes you need your friends, like, your friends backing to tell you when it is okay to just fucking snap. And so Hermione's like, oh, I have my support back. I don't have to give a fuck anymore. I feel like I have had the conversation with you, Haley, more than once where I'm like- probably. Is it is it wrong of me to lose my cool? And you're like, save it, save your strength. <laughs> uh, shout out to Haley for being my friend for eleven years and always listening to me, bitch. <laughs> I, that's wow. what that's what friendship is, man. And Haley is a great listener. I'm an amazing listener. Everyone, se- send me your rants. Oh, I don't know what you just did, girl. (laughs) I'll probably just respond with that deeply sucks, but like I'll mean it and you'll know. (laughs) That's rough, buddy. Just like just like tweet at her. She loves Twitter. It's my favorite place in the entire world. Follow her at the Rit to Wit. If you must. Whatever. I love Twitter now that I've been on it for like six years and finally understand it. So like I have a Twitter and I made a a Twitter account with a very, uh, you know, low key friends reference that not a lot of people would get just to preserve the you know, reserve the name for myself. I've had it for years. (laughs) I've done nothing with my Twitter account. Just an friends reference that like this is mine. One day I may use it. One day I may not. (laughs) 
Twitter is for like when you're alone and you're just like thinking all these thoughts to yourself and you're like, that one was funny. <laughs> but it's like you're alone. So then you tweet it. <laughs> okay. That's what I used it for. But I'm funny a lot. So I don't know. So many tweets. I tweet like three times on one day per week because that's my good day. You know what I mean? <laughs> Anyway, they all rush off to Charms, and when they get there, Hermione's not there. I, w- I want to figure out exactly what happens here, okay. because, okay, okay, so Hermione's not there, they do che- cheering Charms in Charms class, and Hermione never shows up, she doesn't show up at lunch, and they eventually find her asleep in the common room before divination class. So, like, where, is it on the way to Charms? She's like, I have to go back to go to, like, whatever. If she disappears from, like, their company, I feel like that's, like, a mistake. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I feel like at this point, she's so used to disappearing from their company that maybe it's, like, Well, she hasn't- she hasn't been in their company because they've all been fighting for a while. I guess that's true. So she hasn't had to be as careful for the last couple of months. That is a great point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also, this is- the chapter, when your hero starts, like, is so tired from their fight in the movie or whatever that they start, like, staggering, they, like, can't get up, and you're like, oh, I, vi- this is visibly alarming. I feel like it's like, Hermione just doesn't even know where she, where or when like, she is yeah, right now. <laughs> I feel like this whole chapter for Hermione is an out-of-body experience. Yes. Yeah. Yes. She, it, it's sleep deprivation. We've all <laughs> been there in college or whatever. Like, a total out-of-body experience. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know how to answer your initial question, though, because, like, I it's, like, time travel, man, it's always so confusing. So, like, was there another class that, like, she went to and then, like, went to the common room and fell asleep? Or, like, what, what did happen? Right. I think she's in another class during Care of Magical Creatures, because that's come up before, that Hagrid has to know that she's doing this because his class is one of the involved classes. Right. And Divination is also one of those classes, because it's at the same time as... Probably so- Arithmancy? They've, they've men- yeah. I think it's Arithmancy. Arith- I'm it They've now. mentioned it before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There, there is a lot of room for error there. Yeah. So maybe she thought that, like, one of her alternate Hermione's was going to, like, be the one who goes to Charms, and she was like, I'm just gonna go fucking take a nap. Yeah, it, it's funny. It like depends what order she does this in. Like, I wonder if she does two classes and then goes back and does two classes because I feel like if she she does the one class, she goes back. She does the the other class at the same time. She does the third class, and like surely by then she's like, I've done so many classes. It has to be the end of the day. I'm going <laughs> to the common room. Yeah. Well, Hermione, uh, reading the chapter here, it says that Hermione was sitting at the table fast asleep, resting her head um, on an open arithmetic book, blah, blah, blah. They sat down on either side of her. Fast forward a little bit. Oh, no, I forgot to go to Charms. Thank you. But how can you forget? You know, so. Yeah, okay. It's weird to me because you think Charms wouldn't wouldn't be the last thing she was going to if she was walking from... Anyway, I guess this is where we draw the line. <laughs> Someone somewhere on the internet has definitely done, like, what was Hermione's class schedule like during third year? Like, and, and like, figured it out mathematically. Check out I, the I guarantee subreddit. you. Check out the subreddit. <laughs> it's probably there. <laughs> so I guess the point is that Hermione definitely, like, she made an error somewhere in here. Yeah. Because I, I don't think she was, like, doing her regular schedule. I think at some point she, like, really got it wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I guess that's not an opinion. We have evidence. Yeah. She <laughs> sort of, I mean, later she sort of blames Malfoy, the whole Malfoy situation for, like, you know, confusing her or making her 
getting her off her game, I guess. Mm-hmm. She's just like... We see Hermione very vulnerable in this chapter. We see her losing her shit enough to, you know, strike Malfoy, want to go back in for seconds, which who wouldn't? <laughs> and then we see her losing, you know, her wits and forgetting a class, which, I mean, Hermione Granger missing a class for real, you know? Um, yeah. So it's just, I, I just love the vulnerability we see with Hermione in this chapter. Like, oh, she can be human too, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does literally lose it three times in this chapter. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. At, at Malfoy, at classes, and then at <laughs> Trelawney and Divination. Like, Ooh, <laughs> <girl>. <laughs> it's just that, like, it's so, I'm sorry I keep harping on it, but, like, it's really, like, just feels so powerful to me that she is, like, really... She's like, I'm at my wits at like nobody fucking understands, and I'm gonna take care of it myself. And like Ron, who's been obsessed with how she's been doing this this whole year, yeah, like is finally leaving it alone. But he's still telling her like he he says to her when she wakes up on the uh, Arithmancy book, he's like, I reckon you're cracking up. You're trying to do too much, and you need to stop. Which like that's why Hermione needs Ron. He's the one who tells her you're doing too much, dude. Mm-hmm. The funny thing about Harry and Ron is that. I was, like, I was asking myself, like, which of them is, like, a more empathetic person. And the thing is that, like, Harry just, I think he has the capacity to be, like, more generally empathetic, like, more readily empathetic. But he is so stupid that he, like, (laughs) he just, like, doesn't know when it's appropriate. But, like, I feel like when Ron, when, like, when you really need, like, some empathy, it's like Ron is there for it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think Harry generally just, like, leaves people to their devices. Like, yeah. like it's been mentioned, because Ron really is obsessed with Hermione's schedule, and it's been mentioned a few times that, like, he keeps trying to engage Harry with this, and Harry's just like, I don't care. It's her business. I don't care. It's Hermione. <laughs> I'm sure she's figuring it out somehow. I've got my own shit to deal with. There's a murderer after me. No, no, Haley. it's Quidditch. It's only Quidditch. That's all he cares <laughs> you're, about. You're right. You're right. It's mostly Quidditch. You are absolutely correct in that. Man, that bit where, I think it was in the last chapter where Hagrid was like, yo, Ron and Harry, Hermione's really struggling and like, you're not realizing it because you're obsessed with this broomstick. And they, I mean, at least Harry, the narrator was like, yeah, that's why. And it's like, there's so many other things that could be distracting you that also aren't good reasons to not be a good friend to Hermione, but, like, it really is just the fucking broomstick. Like, we're all willing to admit it. Well, they were about to make up over the broomstick, and then Ron found the bloody sheets. So, like, currently, the only reason Harry and Hermione have been fighting for the last couple of weeks has just been because he tried to be like, I think you need to apologize to Ron. I'm pretty sure your cat murdered his rat. (laughs) And she was like, fine, take his side, and stormed off. He was like, okay, guess we're fighting now. (laughs) But, like, the... He did hold the broomstick against her for way too long. Little boys and their broomsticks, man. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's another... That's another thing about Harry is, like, he doesn't... He's like, oh, I'm not taking sides. But he, like, kind of doesn't realize that, like, actually not taking sides, like, does take a little bit of effort, you know? Because if he had been more diplomatic with Ron and, like, tried a little bit harder with Hermione, then he would have truly been like, I'm I'm really not taking sides. Like, you guys yeah. are both valuable to me and I'm going to try to treat you guys the same while you're going through this conflict together. He needs the help from a Hufflepuff. It's true. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> yeah. 
So, so they're worrying about where Hermione is, but as a reminder, they were doing cheering charms in <laughs> charms class. So for the whole rest of this this day, they're just like grinning and wait, giggling. Wait, but I really want to talk to you guys about cheering charms because is that not just being completely and totally high? I think it's completely and totally high. Yeah. yeah. I was going to relate it. Okay. I was going to relate a cheering charm to taking magical mushrooms, which obviously are a Harry Potter thing and not a real life thing. Um, but as I've heard through the mushroom grapevine, <laughs> um, in my personal experience, no, magical mushrooms like fill me with laughter, almost like bubbles overflowing. And it's like they come out like so easily and like uh-huh. cheerfully so to me it was more of like a mushrooms experience like okay. or, or like a mushrooms like a analogy it does raise the question though like is it possible to develop like a problem with cheering charms because right. like a, a lot of the time Whoa. like when you have like a lot of things that cause addiction issues cause addiction issues because of like the serotonin burst that like you wouldn't otherwise be getting and it sounds like that's what this does is just give you like a a lasting jolt of like the the good brain chemicals Whoa. so like can you can you serotonin imagine serotonin like, and dopamine yeah right so like can you imagine like i guess wizards have like opium dens but it's literally just someone just casts cheering charms on you over and over that is dope and yeah. i 100% want to be there <laughs> i feel like it would hurt your face after a while yeah you guys ever have like a fun ass night uh, Sober or otherwise, and it's just like afterwards your face hurts because you're laughing more than your poor depressed self ever thought possible. <laughs> yes, and those are the best nights, and I just want to take a moment to appreciate your earlier description of the giggles pouring out like bubbles overflowing. That was adorable. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> That's always how Shrooms has felt to me. It's like everything is very silly right now, and I don't have any idea how any of you guys are holding it together because this is a, this is a nonsense. Place. That makes it sound so much fun. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know from our listeners who partake or have read books, um, like what drug do you think cheering charms is like? Because I think there's ar- also an argument for like Molly, mm-hmm. true, um, or some um, ecstasy. It just I think everyone has their own experience. Yeah, to bring to the table there. But I just think that it's you know I mean they're third years, so it's just interesting that they're learning this charm yeah what's at this time yeah good point yeah Yeah, what's the purpose yeah well if you're you're 13 like there's no time in your life that you need (laughs) some artificial cheering up it's true when you are 13 years old it's true yeah maybe maybe flitwick planned this lesson just for hermione because he knows she needs it she missed it (laughs) yeah oh Oh, no would too he would I think Flewick and Hermione probably have the sweetest relationship, honestly. Like, yeah. I, literally, I literally think that Flitwick would teach this lesson just because Hermione needs it. I think Hermione did sleep through it, and I think Flitwick would be like, bless her heart, I hope she's napping. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Also, you know, how often do you get permission to, you know, get high at school? That's pretty rad. I mean, wizards, am I right? They do so many cool things. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, so they're grinning manically as they run around the castle looking for her. Um, No, they're not running around, but she's not at lunch, which, okay, like, I don't know what kind of an eater Hermione is, but for someone like me, it's like, like, for example, if I just wasn't home for dinner one night and I didn't text Sean about it, he would know that I'm in danger. There's a problem. Yeah. There's a problem. (laughs) 
So they, they eventually find her asleep in the common room. She's disoriented. She missed class. It's not good. It's not good. And they've got divination up next. Like, yeah. the day's not over. The day's not over, yeah. yeah. This reminds me of, like, in the movies when it's like, wake up, you fell asleep while you're studying, you're gonna miss your test. That's, like, a trope, right, that we've seen before. Yeah. Um, there's an episode of Gilmore Girls, so that's the first thing that comes to mind. The one where the deer hits her, and you guys know, I, oh, yeah, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Lorelai shows up in, like, booty shorts or something. Oh, my God. Love Just Girls. single mom shit. Yeah. Not ashamed to say I'm a man and I love Gilmore Girls. Uh, <laughs> it's objectively a fun to watch. It really yeah. is. It's a fun time. <laughs> that show trained me as a youth to listen to banter. It's like right. you gotta listen so carefully. Yeah. <laughs> that show is 100% banter. I love yeah. it. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, okay, that's what I was gonna keep going about Gilmore Girls, but we'll do a bonus episode someday. No, that that's too e- The sorting of that show is actually too easy. True. Okay, all right, <laughs> let's not go there. So Ron does try earnestly to tell Hermione she's, I mean, just like now that we're not fighting, like you are doing too many things mm-hmm. visibly. Um, and she's like, don't even worry about me. <laughs> After all this, she's like, don't even worry about me. I'm fine. I'm fine, you guys. I'm completely fine. <laughs> it's just that meme of, like, you know, dark circles down to, like, her nose line. Like, uh, me doing everything on my own without asking for help, you know. <laughs> that is her mind right now. She's not allowed to ask for help. <laughs> I pro- th- See, there's a lot of reasons that, like, I wouldn't be trusted with something like this. And not the least of it, that I cannot keep a secret. <laughs> like, if someone was like, oh, I like your necklace, what is that? I'd be like, can you keep a secret? <laughs> it's, I, I use it for time travel. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell anyone, though. Don't tell anyone. But isn't it cute, you know? <laughs> so the trio goes to divination, um... Hermione stops on the way to apologize to Professor Flitwick. What do you think she said to Flitwick, and how do we think Flitwick reacted? I think that Hermione came in on the verge of tears. I'm so sorry, I can't believe I did this. I got my times mixed up. I'll never do it again, I swear. And Flitwick was like, I'm so sorry. Are you feeling okay? How are you? Yeah. It was just cheering charms. You can figure it out and practice on your own. Like, I'll, I'll schedule some time with you. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, all the teachers are aware of the time-turner situation, right? I believe so. Definitely all of, like, her teachers, I think, have yeah. to know uh, At about least it. the core curriculum teachers have to be, have to be in the know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a class she's not taking right now. I know. <laughs> we don't know of any classes that she isn't. Like, I feel like there have to be a few, but, like... Maybe like a, like a newt level classes that she just can't take yet, but I think she's yeah. taking just all of the electives. Yeah, so I I think I think the same thing. I think that Flitwick is like worried about her. I think that Flitwick is like leaves this meeting to go like talk to Professor McGonagall about Hermione, but like in the meantime, Hermione handles it herself. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I feel like McGonagall's the kind of person who might not notice Hermione struggling in this way, but Flitwick is like. Minerva, like, open your eyes, and Minerva, McGon- Professor McGonagall's like, oh, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, she is cracking up. I feel like Flitwick has, like, just enough Hufflepuff vibes to be like, hey, maybe we should, like, I don't know, 
care about the well-being of our students. Crazy thought. Uh, I know here at Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry paying any attention to child welfare, but um, (laughs) Hermione's not okay. Hermione is very much not okay, and I am going to keep reminding everyone at every available opportunity. He does have, like, like mild Hufflepuff vibes. And I, I feel like he just kind of has this attitude of like mild curiosity at everyone and everything in his life. So that, so it makes him really easy to get along with because he just wants to like learn about you. Yep. Yeah. I've always liked Hufflepuff. Uh, I've always liked uh, Flitwick's vibe. I do too. Me too. And I feel like we've been building a bit of a ha- headcanon about him, like his office liquor cabinet and whatnot <laughs> um, over the course of like our readings that, <laughs> that makes me like him more. Yeah. And our headcanon that he blazes with Professor Sprout, because who wouldn't? Right. <laughs> they go to divination. They're starting crystal balls. Uh, which, like, okay. All right. Crystal balls. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is honestly, like, book three. One of the reasons book three is my favorite is because it has so many of my favorite moments in it. And, like, the first crystal ball class is one of my favorite scenes, just because of how, like, done they are with <laughs> divination at this point. Yeah. Absolutely. I think uh, something that's great about Harry Potter in general is how they take just such worn out cliches in the magical world and they do spin them into something whimsical and unique to the, you know, Hogwarts experience. Because, you know, we all think crystal balls and uh, overdone, you know, seen it a million times, boring. But here we really see how playful the series can get. And I just love it. It's so cute. <laughs> yeah. It is really cute. It has <laughs> deep 13-year-old boy vibes. A lot of these kinds of moments in this book in particularly, for some reason, keep reminding me of Percy Jackson, which the whole series has, like, 13-year-old boy vibe. I know he starts when he's 11, and then he gets, like, 15 by the end of it, but the average of that is 13. So, I, yeah, like, there, there is no more entertaining and relatable perspective, I think, as, like, a universal narrator than, like, a teenage boy who, like, kind of doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> I still relate to a teenage boy who kind of doesn't know what's going on. So, yeah. I think all of us at some <laughs> at some level in the cores of our souls feel like 13-year-old boys who don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's so it's so relatable. What is it called like a like a stand-in for the for the reader? A proxy, I guess? Yeah, like a proxy. Yeah. So so the reader, as they're going through this world, is like, wait, what the fuck? And it's like, Harry is also like, wait, what the fuck? And it's like, yeah, same, same. Yeah, well, like, any piece of, like, fantasy media, especially, like, you really want your perspective character to be, like, someone who has no idea what the fuck they're doing. So, like, right. her, like... I would Classic love- Bilbo shit. Exactly. So, like, I would love to see a version of the Harry Potter series from Hermione's perspective. I think that would be really cool and interesting, oh but I don't think the series would have been as successful with Hermione as a perspective character, because Hermione is just like, I'm going to go read a book and figure this out for myself, because, like, I've decided to be self-sufficient, because I'm like that, because I'm Hermione. <laughs> Honestly, I recently finished reading a book series um, where I think the main character is kind of a Hermione. Um the, his dark materials. The main character doesn't really like books, but she definitely has like Hermione on her best day, like courage and like and like get it doneness, like just like well, I don't like what you're saying, so like I'm gonna go f- figure it out for myself, or like like I don't need you, I can do it on my own, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So shout out for that. I've already plugged that on this podcast like six times, but it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just depends what kind of story you're trying to tell, um, like what kind of narrator it, it like needs. 
What kind of story it is is really important because um, we were talking on our Patreon bonus episode about Avatar The Last Airbender about how the whole series is a Hufflepuff series. Like the themes are Hufflepuff. And that's why having the protagonist be a Hufflepuff was the only way to tell that kind of a story about about like tolerance and like peace and pacifism. Yeah. Because, yeah. like, if it had been a different kind of story, then, like, Sokka or Zuko kind of would have been, or, or Katara would have been, like, a more yeah. fitting character, especially Zuko. Because he's, like, he's Ugh. like Aang's foil and everything. Uh, and, but yeah. he's a teenage boy who doesn't know what the fuck is going on. He's such a jaded little bastard, and I love him. Yeah. <laughs> and just while we're here, an additional shout out for the podcast of our guests from last week, Zach and Alex, which is called My Cabbages. <laughs> I love My that. Cabbages. I love that name so much. Yeah, that's such a good name. Um, so Trelawney is like, well, we're starting Crystal Balls early. I, I, I'm not good at a Trelawney voice. <laughs> we're starting Crystal Balls early because the fates told me that Crystal Balls will be on your exams. And Hermione is like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, obviously you write the exams. Like, what? This isn't like when a teacher's like, something tells me this is going to be on the exam. This is like the fates have foretold. Yeah, no <laughs> None of us have any power here. Hermione's like not even keeping her voice down. No, she doesn't yeah. care. It's like she's like drunk at a wedding, just like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, the face of informed her. Who sets the exam? She does. What an amazing prediction. <laughs> Hermione, I brought you here as a friend because I thought you would this look good. Okay, this doesn't bullshit. look good. <laughs> um I brought you to Fleur's wedding as a friend. I didn't I don't know why I said Flair's and not Bill's. I think I meant to say Flair and Bill. Whatever. No, that sounds right. Flair's wedding. Flair was the star of that show. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Speaking Talk about... Uh, <laughs> no, you. I was going to say, speaking of stars of the show, I just, I don't want to skip over Trelawney's dramatic entrance out of the shadows. Like, <laughs> if I were a teacher, this is exactly how I would enter every class. <laughs> So fun, fun little personal uh, friend group anecdote. Whenever Christina's about to talk shit about anybody who lives in the vicinity of Richmond, and we're out of doors, she immediately like looks around, glances at her phone to make sure she hasn't butt dialed them before talking shit. It's a small town. <laughs> so, so like they sit down together, and there's a line in here where like Harry and Harry, Ron, and Hermione are like all talking, and they're like keeping an eye. Out looking around because she always appears from the shadows. She's like, <laughs> she's like lurking. Speak her name and she appears. <laughs> so, so what is the language? Like, does it say she like stepped so out from the says, shadows? It says, "Good day to you," said the familiar misty voice, and Professor Shilani made her usual dramatic entrance out of the shadows. <laughs> I love how clearly the narrator is like one of the students. It's like her usual fucking dramatic entrance, <laughs> like and. Like, like the language, it's a little bit before that. Uh, like they come in, they see the crystal balls, and Ron is sitting down. He's like, "I thought we weren't starting crystal balls until next term." Ron muttered, casting a wary eye around for <laughs> Professor Trelawney in case she was lurking nearby. <laughs> he should have cast a wary third eye around if he really wanted to see her. Great point. And then I'm the kind of person who I do proceed to talk shit, and then they're there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, one time I really loudly talked shit about a roommate. I thought they weren't in the house, but I, they were, and I, like, screamed across the house. Oh, no. Uh, nightmare. And then yeah. she was like, excuse me? <laughs> oh, no. So she, like, called you out. Of, of course. <laughs> I would be the type that, like, pretended I wasn't there and, like, didn't hear it. I'm so awkward. Oh, my God. <laughs> but then what happens when you have to go to the bathroom? You have to reveal you were there all along. <laughs> it would be an elaborate ruse. <laughs> Just, like, put on a robe and come down the stairs like, hello. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> um. <laughs> okay, wait, I'm weeping. Um. <laughs> Okay, so so then they just start staring at crystal balls. Um, my note has an ellipsis in it, which I, I don't use those very much because I'm trying to get shit done, but they just dot, 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 <laughs> stare at the crystal balls. And Harry's, like, trying to keep his mind clear. Like, this is basically meditating. And, yeah. like, as someone who just doesn't have that personality type, like, I get it. Talk Sitting in silence is my worst nightmare. <laughs> I love like they're they're staring into these crystal balls and uh what is it and so they began Harry at least felt extremely foolish staring blankly at the crystal ball trying to keep his mind empty when thoughts such as this is stupid kept drifting across it <laughs> <laughs> aka this class is ridiculous yeah. mm-hmm. and like Ron can't t- can't keep this take this seriously at all he's been joking this entire time which doesn't yeah. help and they both still have cheering charms on their faces. Or is it just Ron? I don't know if, like, the cheering charms are still actively in effect, but, like, Ron is definitely having trouble with this class in particular. And, like, yeah, neither I- of the other two want to be there anyway, so, like, God, you remember being in middle school? Just those I days was, when, I've like... I've always said it was my funniest. Like, I peaked in eighth grade, <laughs> dude. I was so fucking funny in eighth grade. <laughs> Everything was hilarious. And, like, just do you remember being responsible for just, like, a class devolving into this? <laughs> Chaos. Wait, yes. yes. <laughs> but uh, Christina, can you imagine if you had had a Twitter in middle school? <laughs> <laughs> no, because my Facebook flashbacks from like even just like high school are are very embarrassing. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it's like you don't have to. You don't have to share your every feeling. <laughs> <laughs> or do you? <laughs> When I was in eighth grade, my friends and I started an after-school club because we just didn't want to go home. Um, the extracurriculars didn't appeal to us because we were edgy. And but we st- we started a club called the Weenus Club. Oh, the yeah. Weenus Club. Yeah, and we got it like approved and everything. We did. It. <laughs> we, our claim to fame was we did experiments on our weenuses because <laughs> we we was thought that, that was hilarious. Was that the mission statement of the Weenus Club? The, the, <laughs> that was the mission statement. Which, as, in case for anyone who doesn't know, the weenus is the skin that covers your elbow. Yeah. <laughs> um, we did a lot of, like, putting different kinds of tape on our elbows and fucking around. And our English teacher, Mr. Blickendorfer, shout out to Mr. Blickendorfer. I know, it sounds like I, it sounds like I, I looked him up on Facebook recently to make sure he hadn't been a fever dream. <laughs> that sounds, He's real. That sounds ridiculous the way that, like, that John Mulaney bit about J.J. Bittenbinder. <laughs> this is not a real person. No, it's a real person. <laughs> Oh my god. All too real. <laughs> Ron cracks some joke. Does anyone have it? Is it good? Oh, 
Oh, just looking at it too. Something about I've got it. Oh no, this is one of my favorite jokes in the entire thing. So this is like as they're just sitting there breaking into silent giggles, um, and Hermione keeps making exasperated noises. So Harry at one point is like, "See anything yet?" Harry asked after a quarter of an hour's quiet crystal gazing. Yeah, there's a burn on this table," said Ron, pointing. (laughs) "Someone spilled their candle." (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of my favorite jokes in the entire series. It's very good. But you have said that like 10 times because there's a lot of good jokes in this book series yeah. that you kind of forget about. And like especially it's funny. this book. This is just a funny book. And Hermione's sitting there like, I could be practicing something useful. I could be catching up on fucking cheering charms. And Professor Trelawney's like, you know, gliding past. Like, does anyone want help gazing into the shadowy portents of their orb? And then Ron, once again, with the fucking clutch jokes today, was <laughs> like, I don't need help, Ron whispered. It's obvious what this means. There's going to be loads of fog tonight. And Harry and Hermione just fucking lose it. Okay. Yes, that's the joke I was yes. looking for earlier. Mm-hmm. That's the inciting incident yeah. <laughs> of Hermione's third breakdown of the day. Um, or break up. Breakdown, break up. So they're all laughing. So Hermione comes, I mean, no. Trelawney comes around to see, like, what's going on. Like, why are you laughing? And then she gazes into Harry's crystal ball, and Harry's like, $10. Here we go. She's about to predict my death. (laughs) (laughs) And Professor Trelawney is like, my dear, stalking toward you, growing ever closer. (laughs) And then Hermione says, for goodness sake, not that ridiculous grim again. Um, lost it. (sighs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then Trelawney claps back by being like I didn't think you were even psychic anyway and she calls Hermione mundane with a capital M hopelessly mundane yeah. no less hopelessly. Ooh. yikes can we Ooh. just talk about this clap back from the professor here couple a uh, little bit down um, you know after that bit um, professor says I'm sorry to say that from the moment you have arrived in this class my dear it's been apparent that you do not have what the noble art of divination divination yes thank you words are hard requires indeed I don't ever remember ever meeting a student whose mind was so hopelessly mundane like oh oh do not play with Hermione today she slapped a bitch earlier (laughs) See, that's that's the thing is, like, okay, there's a lot of arguments for, like, is Trelawney psychic? Is she not psychic? Is she, like, so psychic that she, like, doesn't see what's right in front of her? And I think that, like, at the very least, she spends so much time trying, trying at least, to access, like, her third eye and the sight <laughs> that she, like, can't read a room, you know? Yeah. And, like, I feel like anyone can tell that Hermione's a little tense right now. Yeah. But, like, not Trelawney. No, it's not, the, it's not the day, man. It's not the day. It just ease up. I feel like Trelawney is just high all the time, honestly. <laughs> That's how I am- envision her, just high as fuck. Trelawney's like on life. ketamine. No, yeah. look, look, there's a reason that, like, head shops all sell incense. Like, every head shop also sells incense. And uh, this room is described many times as heavily perfumed. <laughs> well, I would propose that there's reasons for that. I almost oh. feel like maybe opium. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Like an opium den. I mean, that's kind of how it sounds, doesn't it's, it? It's very vibey. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's all just, like, floor cushions and, like, mood lighting. 
Oh, yeah. My goal is to have a house big enough where I can just have a vibes room with floor cushions and lighting and stuff. So, all right. Okay. We're in the middle of the Hermione breakdown. Hermione starts shouting, fine, which... (laughs) been there (laughs) and she walks out I had four exclamation points I was so upset or so enthralled by this scene that I used an even number of punctuation marks which I would always go for a 135 situation (laughs) never stop at an even number no (laughs) it's a rule so Hermione screams fine and walks out with four exclamation points Um, do we think this was premeditated no I think I don't think, think it's, so. Yeah, I think it's just pure emotion here. Hermione's had a rough fucking day. It was being told that her mind is hopelessly mundane. Yeah. That's what Dunn did it. I think mm-hmm. it's like our perspectives are so different that I have no reason to be in this class anymore, right? And yeah. she's like, I will simply leave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also just feel like Hermione's reality is so skewed at this point that the fact that she's repeating herself in this scene is like she's sort of reminding herself that this is actually happening and like this is really (laughs) real right now yeah so yeah no it's fine fine i give up i'm leaving and i think that just kind of goes back to you know earlier like she's got her she's got her homies back so like she she's been like holding it together because she feels like she has to hold it together but like harry and ron are gonna respect her no matter what and she's been feeling like this class is a waste of her fucking time anyway (laughs) so yeah yeah, fuck it i'm out i don't care i'll give up what of it yeah and it's almost like you know when she's told she's mundane it's like oh am i mundane now you wouldn't expect this out of me huh you expect (laughs) hermione brings her to walk out of class <laughs> you didn't predict this oh wait i guess she kind of did but <laughs> yeah she did um i'm glad you mentioned that because a little bit later they uh for uh what's her face um parvati parvati no, yeah. oh no it's parvati. lavender yeah oh yeah lavender is like oh you predicted someone would leave yep and they're like oh yep that's me i predict shit mm. <laughs> Oh, and she has to live with them, too. Because, like, know. you know that she heard more about this shit oh, yeah. later in the dorms. Professor Tawani gave her a dewy smile after it was mentioned that uh, you saw her leaving, didn't you? Didn't you, Professor? Around Easter, uh, one of our number... Yeah, one of us will leave us forever. You said it ages ago, Professor. Professor gave her a dewy smile, like, mm, that's dewey? right, bitch. Dewey. That, I... I don't like it. I don't like it. Oh, God, I imagine it like tears of like sympathy. Yeah. Just shimmering in her eyes. Sympathy. I I love like the description of Hermione, like as she's walking out, like she goes to the trapdoor, kicks it open and climbs out of sight. Like you can't. That's not even possible. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Nope. She kicked it open. That's how mad she was. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Hermione is a bad bitch now. She can do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's the next conversation question. Have y'all ever quit a job like this? Yes. So, uh, I... <laughs> fun story. I worked at a hotel here in Manchester very briefly. I worked on the banquet crew. So the job description was setting up breaking down banquet areas. Okay, cool, whatever. It ended up being more of a maintenance position, whatever. I lived with it. Uh, The hotel here has a convention center and they had a farmer's expo 
you know, back when I was working there. And so there were live animals there and I couldn't leave until the banquet hall, you know, uh, that housed live animals was cleared up. So the members were responsible for, you know, picking up their animals wastes. But of course this one, uh, I guess person didn't clean up their goats, uh, you know, droppings. So (laughs) I came across a tarp just uh, covered in like shit, hay, piss, and urine. Uh, well, piss and urine is the same thing. Jeez. Um, and piss so, and urine. Yeah. All of it. It was awful. And so I made a mess of myself trying to clean it up. And I just threw down the broom and was like, fuck this and left. <laughs> I went home, took a very hot shower, and I did not regret it. Wow. Good for you. But no, you deserve that. Yeah, yeah for fuck sure. That. Grace Haley? I haven't, honestly. I've so I've never quit a job quite like this, but mm-hmm. I did have a job that was hard to extricate myself from. Um, okay. Danny, you were here for this. Uh, it was it was a little uh, <laughs> a little like home home goods store in uh, Manchester. It was like something I was doing, you know, on the weekends or whatever. And the woman who ran the place was an absolute sociopath, just the craziest person I've ever met in my entire life. Um, Can confirm. Yeah, yeah. No, she was bonkers. Um, <laughs> just like just like all over the place, verbally abusive. Like after the Boston Marathon bombing, she spent an entire day screaming at anyone who would listen about how racial profiling should be legal. Just insane person. What? Yeah, no. Oh. Yeah, like sometimes uh. she would like send me next door for like to pick her up some fries, and I would just be like waiting oh, at the, the bar. Fr- this is the bitch. This only is that fries. Bitch. Yeah, and like I was there was one time it was like the dead of winter, and I was just sitting at this bar with like tears streaming silently down. Down my face at the prospect of having to go back in there. I had hey. tried- told me the story recently. Yes. <laughs> I had tried to quit. I'd started like right before winter break. I tried to quit like before I went home and like I'd never quit a job before. I didn't really know how to do it. I don't know. I didn't know how to assert myself. So I said like I don't really think like I'm I don't really think this position is working for me and she just said no. Um, so I ended, she just said no. So I ended up coming back after winter break and working like the whole next semester. And then, and this was junior year. So like end of junior year, I finally like, thank God I'm going home. And she's like, well, maybe you can come back and work for me next year. And I was like, ha ha, no, I'm going to be working on my senior project. Like I have to write a whole book. It's like a whole thing. I'm not going to have time. Uh So senior year comes around. First, like, two weeks, I am on the lookout for any van that looks like hers. I'm just like, shit, because we were, like, right on the main drag at our school. And sure fucking enough, like, the worst thing about anxiety is when you're proved right, because sure fucking enough, one day, like, two weeks in, uh, I get a text from this bitch like, Hi, sweetie, you're back. That's how it started. And she's basically asking me to come back and help clean out the stock room, which was supposed to be my job last time. And then she made me, like, be a floor associate, which I did not know how to do. And she would make me follow people around and make sure they weren't stealing shit off the shelves. So I, like, called my mom, like, I'm supposed to, you know, I'm supposed to be nice. I'm supposed to be respectful. I don't really know how to deal with this because if I call her, she's going to just verbally bulldoze me and I'm not going to be able to say no to her. And my mom was like, you can text message break up at this point. She's been disrespectful enough that you can text message break up at this point. And and so I did. And then I warned all of the underclassmen not to work at that place. (laughs) 
wow. I think of you every time I walk past that place. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. <laughs> it's baffling to me that it's still in business. Yeah. Oh, my God. I just remember the time where um, when this happened, when you walked into the cafeteria and when you were like, yeah, I just tried to quit my job, but my boss said no. And we were all like, what? What do you mean your boss said no? <laughs> I, I, she said no. I don't know what to tell you. She said fucking no. I didn't know how to deal with it. <laughs> then you didn't quit right. <laughs> what you do is you write a letter and you hand it to them and you're like, I wrote this letter for you. And then you dip. We'll give them a moment to emotionally process like, it. The thing is, I was working under the table, too. So it wasn't even like a hand in your notice kind of situation. Mm, wow. Yeah. I see. I yeah. see. Okay, it's time. It's time for my story of when I, I quit a it. job like Wait, this. Wait, I love this story. It's not very. Ju- it's not. <laughs> no, what? it's good. Mine. Yeah, you're gonna tell the Claire story, right? You, have I? <laughs> No, it's not Claire. It's oh. Vans. Oh, wait. Okay, I'm so sorry. I got confused. I thought you were talking about like the Jerry Maguire situation where like you started a riot and everybody left with you. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Wait, is that Jerry Maguire? I don't know. <laughs> I, okay, I, I've been like some different kinds of confused. I've never seen Jerry Maguire. At so Claire's, sorry. At Claire's, I did make all my 15-year-old underlings quit with me when the manager lost her mind. But <laughs> that's not this story. <laughs> <laughs> the story of when I quit a job like Hermione quits divination in this chapter. It's not a great story. It's brief. It's straightforward. I was in college and I worked at the van store and I hated it because working in apparel is a nightmare because you have to fold shit and it has to be perfect. And when people came in for one pair of shoes, you were supposed to bring them three pairs of shoes and try to convince them to buy three pairs of shoes. And it's just the worst kind of consumerism. I hate it so much. I hate capitalism. Um, so I was like trying to figure out how to quit anyway. And then I was at Vans one day working and my boyfriend texted me and broke up with me. And I was like, oh, my boy, just just straight up, that actually happened. And I was like, my boyfriend just dumped me. I need to go. Like I'm having emotionally a hard time. And they were like, do you want to take a walk around the mall? And, and, like, come back and see if you feel better. Because they didn't, you know. And I was like, no, I need to go home. And they were like, okay, well, I hope we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't think I'm going to come back ever. And then I walked out. <laughs> Deuces. <laughs> wow. Love I was like, it. this is my out. I just got dumped. I never have to come back. <laughs> that job sucked. Yeah. I didn't have, like, a dramatic quitting story. But I did, when I was in high school, work at a daycare and mm-hmm. I've heard a lot about the daycare. It was the worst. I was in the two-year-old room. Oh, no. uh, that two is the worst suck. as like a daily choice. <laughs> yeah, and um, just to top it all off, I ended up getting lice. And oh mm-hmm. no, that's the first time I heard about this preschool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got lice and then I never went back. So sorry. No, that's fair. you never went back. <laughs> yeah, no, I just straight up, I was like, I'm done here. So <laughs> Grace, you told me this, this story because. It was approximately four years ago because I'd been working at Brandy Lane for two months and I got lice mysteriously as an adult and it was really <laughs> embarrassing to me. <laughs> so I was I was like, I got it from Sean's nieces, but he, he doesn't have any. But I, that's what I said. And you all were very sympathetic and you told me that story. And I was like, yeah. oh, we have something in common because Grace and I also have similar hair. And just it's just like not the kind of hair that like one could easily find lice in. It's true. And just just to fully take this tangent like all the way to the next town, um <laughs> that 
I fell in love with Sean when I got lice as an adult because every day for like a month he had to comb through every inch of my thick ass hair. <laughs> oh, that's love. Yeah. And he did it. <laughs> he did it. That's true. I too had caught adult lice uh, when I was working at the Boys and Girls Club. The kids would rip How did we get here? I don't know. Yeah. really spiraled. And then, uh, you know, they'd rip my uh, hat off my head and put it on. And I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm going to get lice from one of you fuckers. Except I wouldn't actually say that. And then I actually got lice. And so, no. Oh, no. Yeah, I that seen, sucks. I, I had the benefit, though, you know, that I could just shave my head and it was fine. You know, mm. problem solved. Oh, yeah. I just uh, wow. I rocked it. that gross buzz cut, you know. Nice. But whatever. Problem yeah. solved. Let's move on from lace. Um, <laughs> it's my fault. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Why are the lace stories always my fault? Listen, I know we're moving on, but I'm so glad I'm not the only adult that's gotten lice. So. Solidarity. We have, yes. we have three, out, like, three out of four professional adults in this Zoom call have gotten adult lice. So. Haley, nobody likes a bragger. <laughs> God damn it. It's only a matter of time. <laughs> Normalize adult lies. Um, okay. <laughs> That's the official position. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, guys, we're almost done. We only have one montage to get through now. (laughs) It's the end of Divination. Everyone's like, whoa, Hermione. And then it goes straight into Easter holidays montage. It's Easter, which it's about about to be Easter here, too. True. I personally today just made plans for Easter. They were unrelated to Easter. Haley and I are going to be on talking about. (laughs) Spoilers, it's going to be us. And we're recording on that date. So the third years have a lot of homework. Especially Hermione. This is all just montaging. We're montaging right now. Ron has taken the lead on research for Buckbeak's appeal. Good for him. That's Gryffindor shirt right there. Harry has Quidditch practice every day to prepare for the match against the Slytherins. You might have noticed that this is a part one episode called the Quidditch final. That That's next week. We'll get there. Can't wait for that. Yeah, right now we're just worrying about the Quidditch final. So Harry's really feeling the pressure because they need to win. Gryffindor needs to win by more than 200 points based on sports math. I keep I keep coming back to sports math in order to get the House Cup, right? Because like Slytherin's ahead by that many points. So that puts a lot of pressure on Harry because as a reminder, the snitch is worth 150 points. Harry's a seeker. That's his job. I was... Happy to see this math breakdown because <laughs> it's tough out here. I'm yeah. glad they're not like do the math for yourself. I'm glad they're like here. Here's the results of the math. Right. Yeah. And honestly, you. like thank God Wood is such a manic character because like he serves as the perfect device to remind us of that math so that we it's don't true. have to do it because he's constantly cornering Harry of like you have to you've got to wait until we're more than fifty points up like fifty or more fifty or more bro like <laughs> if you if you get the snitch before that like we'll win the game but we'll lose the cup we cannot lose the cup we got you got to wait till we're fifty points up or to that point that Harry's like I know. Yeah. (laughs) What is like that micromanager that we've all dealt with and we all just like we recognize they're nice people, but we want to slap that bitch. (laughs) Grace. Just kidding. I'm I'm totally kidding. (laughs) Um, okay, genuine question. Just just your thoughts and feelings. Do does Oliver Wood maybe have bipolar disorder? 
Um, I think it's within the realm of possibility. He seems to be pretty chill most of the time, but he goes through these almost manic episodes where it seems almost ritualistic how he just like hyper focuses on things and repeats things and just, you know, um, so I think he may definitely show signs of it. I don't know. That's a very interesting question. It's tough because we only see him in relation to Quidditch, so we don't know if this... He's Quidditch mode only. Yeah, we don't know if this bleeds into any other aspect of his life. Right. Because, like, you know, I don't think think any of us are really, like, sports ball people, but, like... (laughs) Raise your hand if you're even remotely close to a sports ball person. Oh, no, zero hands. Yeah, like, so... Like I don't think it's I don't think it's impossible. Um, but also sports ball people are just like this. Like, th- like mm-hmm. I always knew that football season had started because my dad would start screaming in the basement, and I'd be like, "Oh, it's it's time." <laughs> <laughs> that time of the year. <laughs> I'm glad that you say that because for me, my whole life, the biggest turnoff of sports ball has been the screaming. Like people get like genuinely devastated from watching sports ball and it's like very upsetting to me because there's better reasons to be devastated you know yeah and like your pain right now feels so real but i don't know what just happened on this tv so and this is i really cannot stress this enough uh a ball game being played by adult men in tight pants so like maybe calm down it might not be super important in the grand scheme of things right it's really important though (laughs) wow can't really man i do love a good well i was gonna say richmond squirrels game i can't wait till i can go to baseball again the fucking but that's that's for the obvious nobody goes to a squirrels game because they're a huge squirrels fan (laughs) (laughs) the squirrels games are so little of a sports ball event that Haley has been known to go to at least one yeah i've been to a couple they're fun three maybe i i two to three but like i two to three like like this is the Richmond baseball team is the Richmond flying squirrels. Like the team isn't <laughs> taking them. it seriously. <laughs> Their games are just like full of like fun halftime shows to keep you interested. Oh, they yeah. know exactly what they're about. I understand. I go to the local games here all the time. I am also not a sports ball person, but uh, uh, the local team here, they have a bat dog that goes out and little golden retriever. He collects the bats after <gasps> their base and it's the cutest fucking thing that is so I, cute. Love that. I would go for sure just for that just for our bat dog yes that's it yeah. that's all i need when you first said bat dog i was like cat dog <laughs> i was picturing like a dog in a little bat costume like a okay. little batman I love costume it all. <laughs> they really should do that and then he goes around and collects bats yeah <laughs> okay just a reminder to Grace and Haley and probably news to everyone else that I, I worked for the, the Richmond Flying Squirrels for exactly one day. I vaguely one remember day. that. I was like selling drinks, like like walking around and selling drinks. And everyone when I got there was like, oh my God, a girl? Or is she really doing this? And I was like, yeah, I can walk around. I don't mind heat. And they were like, girls don't even ever do this. And I was like, dude, I'm a strong girl. Like, fuck you. I'm going to do this. And they were like, wow, a girl. I bet she's going to be tough, right? And I was like, I'm about to show you how tough I am. But then I had to carry around <laughs> like, like 40 pounds of fucking drinks and beer, sodas and beer. 
And I, I couldn't do it. And no. I, I, I quit on the spot. You were our only hope. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a strength thing. I thought it was an endurance thing, and I was wrong. <laughs> you know what? I love it. You definitely showed him, even though you quit. You did. You showed him. I gave him my all for approximately four hours. And you That's know just what? Fine. I respect the fuck out of that. Me too. I do. <laughs> I also think it's worth noting that the Richmond Flying Squirrels slogan, I don't know if slogan's the right word, is have fun, go nuts. I say it a lot. I say it a lot randomly to people, and that's where it comes from. Oh my god! I never put that together. <laughs> Have fun, go nuts. Next time I fly in, I really want to go to a flying squirrels game. Now <laughs> oh, they're very man. fun. They're, they're so silly. All yeah. right. <laughs> okay. So, and that brings us back to Oliver Wood. <laughs> <laughs> nuts and wood. So Oliver Wood is worried for Harry's safety, and so he orders people to accompany him around. It. Oh, I didn't mention that they're like fights are breaking out between yeah. Slytherin and Gryffindor. Yeah, like randomly. Gang shit. Over Quidditch tension. Yeah. And so Oliver Wood is like, someone must be with Harry at all times, and everyone is like, aye aye, Captain. And so Harry is getting a little socially suffocated. Imagine a school. Where you share a room with four other people of your same age and gender, ostensibly, and then you have to, like, spend every moment with them, and, like, when you wake up, you see their face, and, like, you... And then they're like, oh, let me walk you to class because of Quidditch reasons, and you're like, frankly, Seamus, you can just go. Like, I don't need to be looking at you right now. I need to walk you to class because of some wizard gang gang yeah, shit. This right is now. like the mob. There's like a hit out on Harry right now. Like, what, at no other point do we see any evidence of Wood having like any kind of social power within the Gryffindor house, but like he he makes like a a blanket order for the entire house to be like everyone has to guard Harry all of the time. Like if you aren't doing anything, you better be on his six. And everyone does it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, last bullet point of the chapter. Everyone's worried about Harry, but Harry's worried about his broomstick, the fireball, and he keeps running upstairs to check on it in the common room in the trunk. Does that sound right? That a broomstick is in a trunk? <laughs> I know that's what the text says, but like, wait, is that where you'd keep your broomstick? I just, I feel like, I, okay, so like, I've been picturing like a steamer trunk, right? Like, just, okay, so big, yeah. but like, my broom is definitely longer than a, like, the broom that I use to sweep my house. I'm not outing myself as a witch, like, just the broom, <laughs> just the shitty bog target witch, broom that bog I- Bog witch. Bog witch. No, we don't fly. Okay. Um, we, we don't leave the bog, is the thing. <laughs> so- so the the broom that I used to literally sweep my house, like, that would not fit in a steamer trunk. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, maybe maybe two to three, ha- I think I think two Halloweens ago, Leila, former guest on the pod, and she's actually going to be on next week as well. I'm very excited about that. She was Kiki from Kiki's Delivery Service for Halloween, and she had a broom for obvious reasons, and she left it at my house, and that one was... I think the shortest believable broom for an adult. Yeah. And it was like approximately, it was maybe four and a half, five feet tall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's, I think the absolute shortest broom where I'd be like, yeah, magically you could support human weight. <laughs> <laughs> it's all very scientific. I mean, at least Leela, like she's small. Like she, yeah. she, she's a short bitch. Maybe that was like a big part of it. Yeah. She's little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she says, She's five foot, and that's the end of that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case you were wondering. Hi, Leela, by the way. 
I was going to say, this is a test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. So we're at the end of the chapter. Or, I mean, we're at the end of the part of the chapter that we're reading. Yes. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. We are at the end of the section because, as we've mentioned, it's called the Quidditch Final, and we have not yet experienced the Quidditch Final, although I remember what happens. I don't remember, I, I don't remember anything that happens, but I remember the end of it. Yes, me too. <laughs> That's all you need. They yeah. deserve it. Nothing, nothing happens. No spoilers. Does anyone have anything about this chapter that we haven't touched on? We've touched on a lot. I keep saying chapter. God, I'm on autopilot. I'm, I literally am like Will Ferrell and Anchorman, and I just like say the one thing. <sighs> section. Yeah, the section. And Any last words? It's always very ominous when you say that. Any last words? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Who who was your favorite character in this section? Like who hmm. I mean, I just I wrote Hermione's name down a lot in my notes. I I think she was the most interesting. Okay, wait, maybe let's do this. Like who are your two favorite characters? Okay. Oh, that's different. <laughs> Um, okay, so I already said Hermione. <laughs> Does anyone not have Hermione in their top two for this chapter? No, it's this is a very Hermione section. Like, yeah, as, as for sure. in my mind for sure. Haley, thank you for continuing to use the right language, even though I just really won't stop saying chapter. <laughs> okay, I'll compensate for your shortcomings. Oh wow! Okay, so oh. my num- my number two is Mr. Ronald Billius Weasley. Yeah, oh my God. I'll agree two. with that. Yeah, same. Okay, so we're all in agreement. Yeah, no, that this like, is this is a Ron and Hermione moment. Yeah. It is. I would say fully this section is a Ron and Hermione moment for sure. This section foreshadows a lot of their future together, and I love it. And um, I think yeah. Haley was on the money earlier when she said this may be the chapter where Ron fell for uh, Hermione. I could definitely see it. There's a lot of vulnerability here, and I'm so into it. And also, yeah. like we're really showing Ron is stepping up and like being that, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the man. I'm going to fix this when he you know <laughs> takes over a lot of Hermione's shit. And uh, yeah, I'm into it. I feel like, okay. I've always heard this like philosophy about love that it's like, it's okay for everyone to have bad days, but in a relationship, you need to kind of be communicating about it so that when you're having a really bad day, your partner can step up, you know, yeah. and vice versa. And I think, I think that as soon as Ron, in his heart of hearts, realizes that Hermione has been really struggling lately. He, like, turns into action mode, and he's a man of action. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. I love that. It's in the Goblet of Fire, where I think we as the readers start to really suspect that there's something there. Mm-hmm. So this is tr- truly the foundation. I think in the in the Sorcerer's Stone and Chamber of Secrets, we've been like, oh, there's a little something. There's a little mm-hmm. something. And it th- this is, like, the first, like, real real moment, where it's mm-hmm. like, I feel like they're really seeing each other. Yeah. yeah, I just love them. I love them a lot. I love a well-done romance, and I have always felt that Ron and Hermione is a well-done romance. I'm a huge proponent of Opposites Attract. Yes. For yeah. obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> I was shocked, honestly, to hear that there are so many, you know, haters about Ron and Hermione. I and- think it's people who have only seen the movie, and, yeah. and, and I understand. Same thing with Ginny and Harry. People are like, fuck Ginny, and I'm like, if you've only seen the movie, I really get that. Yeah. I get it. To me, they, you know, having read the books, they just, they fit so perfectly, it makes sense to me. You know, yeah. there's no question, and I just love it. This chapter, or sorry, this section just shows both Ron and Hermione just 
putting their guards down and I love it. There's, you know, more moments like this to come. And uh, this is the first of many big ones between them. I'm into mm-hmm. it. <laughs> Sobs. So Sobbing. <laughs> Are y'all ready to move on to some plugs? Let's do it. Yes. It's been a long time since my mouth tried to say plurgs, but it just did. <laughs> Grace, will you go first? Um, yes, I would love to go first. Today, in honor of Trans Day of Visibility, I would like to plug Equality Virginia, which is a leading advocacy organization in Virginia um, seeking equality for lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender people. And if you go on their website, equalityvirginia.org, they have a little events section. And um, so they have a, a nice little list of various events going on today throughout the day based out of like different areas of Virginia. Some of them are in person. So if you live here in Virginia, um, you know, if anything's happening around you, they are um, practicing, you know, COVID-19 precautions. Um, But if you're not, a lot of the events are also virtual. Um, So if you're looking for some cool stuff to participate in today, I definitely recommend checking out equalityvirginia.org. Hell yeah. An excellent plug. Yeah. Haley, how about you next? Well, Grace just blew that out of the water. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm Haley. If you must, you can find me on Twitter at TheRitWit. I didn't know what to plug uh, this week, but I mentioned John Mulaney earlier, so I am going to plug Kid Gorgeous. If you're having a hard time and you just want to see a silly, gangly fella in a suit uh, <laughs> running around and doing funny voices, um, that is that is the comedy special for you. There is a reason that that <laughs> man is memed so much. It's true. Fair, fair. <laughs> Danny, what do you have to plug today? All right. Um, so I don't necessarily have anything to plug more. So I guess you can say a call to action. I would say, um, for us trans folks out there, you know, having cis supporters is really important, whether those supporters are friends, family, coworkers, whatever. So, um, in light of what we were speaking about earlier, uh, this episode where, you know, there's those well-intentioned cis people out there that just, do it wrong sometimes. I would encourage everyone to go out and just educate yourselves a little bit more on a way that you can be an ally and a way that you can be a supporter. And even if you consider yourself an ally or a supporter, go back and educate yourself more because you could never know too much. Um, Speaking from experience, there are plenty of times where my cis and very supportive, well-intentioned friends have, you know, said some dumb shit (laughs) and I know that they don't mean it, but it's all about that perspective, you know? So I just encourage everyone to be a bit more, you know, educated and understanding and um, yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. That's excellent. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, My plug does in fact look a little silly. Well, first of all, I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at your girl of the world. You can follow me on Twitter at Christina Khan. You can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Special Stash. Sprouts Private Stash. I simply must change it because I always accidentally say Sprouts Special Stash. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like it just wants to be called that. It, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. 
My plug this week is a little bit silly, but it has big Hufflepuff energy. A podcast I've been listening to lately is called <laughs> Completely Arbitrary. Wow. It's a tree enthusiast podcast. Oh my god. I love, I love it, it already. <laughs> it's a tree enthusiast podcast by two bros who just, you can tell from their voices that they're from the West Coast. One of them is a tree scientist and the other one isn't, but they're friends first. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that does sound very Hufflepuffy. <laughs> <laughs> and every episode they talk about a tree, any old tree, and then they rate it. <laughs> Rated trees. I love it. <laughs> There's I been no it. tree under seven golden cones of honor thus far. I just imagine them talking about trees like their dogs. Like, yep, that's a good tree there. <laughs> what a good boy. <laughs> Solid. <laughs> oh, you get some lo- good logs out of this heckin' chonker. <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely recommend this podcast for light history, light tree shit, light stoner discourse. It's like a good <laughs> trifecta. Like they they give you a little bit of knowledge. So that's my fucking plug. That's the end of it, right? Yeah, I yeah. Think that's everything. Waited everyone. Yeah. Danny, thank you so much for being our first first guest ever to appear on three separate episodes. Yeah. I'm honored. Thank you all. I love it. I always have such a good time talking nerdy shit with y'all, and I just love it. <laughs> That's why you're Reddit's favorite. It's true. I love it. Thank you, Reddit. You have no idea how flattered I am. <laughs> You know. All three of our Reddit fans <laughs> overwhelmingly prefer you. I love the three of you that love me. It makes me feel good. Um, definitely an ego booster, so thank you. I hope that I don't disappoint you. Now I feel like the pressure's on. <laughs> well, that's that. That's the end of the episode. Um, I don't know. Just like Hermione, just like get down with your bad self. That's my final salute. <laughs> Hot girl shit. I mean, get get out of divi- get out of the divination classroom. Have fun, go nuts. Listen, we didn't want to be half bloods. If you're listening to this because you think you might be one, our advice: stop listening to this podcast right now. Percy Jackson had the right idea when he told people to stop reading the books detailing his adventures as a half blood. But we didn't listen to his warnings. And that's why we started this podcast, Of the Eldest Gods, where we read books written by Rick Riordan and talk about how they affected us as kids and continue to as semi-adults. You can find us every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Do you think we fooled them for a second there? Gods, I hope not. Bring on the monsters! We're making a podcast! The Restricted Section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod or shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. Oh my god, I hear my friends screaming downstairs. <laughs> Scary movie night. Oh. <laughs> okay, at least it's, you know, good screaming. <laughs> yeah, well, 
It depends what they're watching. If it's another fucking human centipede, then who's to know? 